2: Welcome to Talkin' Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick, and we have our Saints preview. We've got Terrence Cooper, who uh, played for the Saints for some time. Now he covers them for the Believe in Saints podcast. And then we got Danny King coming on for weather, a fantasy draft. A very a very weak fantasy draft. This might be our, our lowest point total ever after this week. Giant factors and quick picks. Justin, how are you feeling going in? To week four
1: at 0-3. Uh, don't feel great. Um, <laughs> don't feel great. This has been a really quick week, though. Um, it's been a really, really quick week. Have you noticed that? Have you felt that also?
2: It's because we're coming off of week one where we literally waited nine months, and then week two we had a 10-day layoff because of Thursday Night Football. Um, so this is our first seven is this, uh, this is our shortest break between games since week yeah. 17 last year.
1: Yeah, so quick week, but... I'm excited to get back into it. I guess um, you know I, I don't blame you if you have feelings of uh, nothingness or really anything in between. So how are you?
2: I'm good. You know it's it's the NFL, so there's always a path to victory, which yep. is what we'll do on the first 20 minutes of this show. Is gonna you know talk about their team and the path to victory. I thought about burning my two zero prediction on this game. I didn't. I will. I will not. But yeah, I'm good. Um, before we get into it. We have some uh, new people that have joined us. We have the Brothers Murray, which seems like a great ba- like seems like the type of band I would listen to. Like that is like, a great name for a band. Yes, like a kind of like a hippie folk uh, band. Like not I, the
1: Murray Brothers, the Brothers Murray. Yeah, which I the like Brothers that. Murray. Yeah,
2: yeah it's, it's very like. Which I mean, which makes like I feel like it could have been my band name. Like one of my best friends when we were growing up, he had a drunk uncle who lived in the shed behind him. And his name was Murray, and then mm. we were like very close. We were like brothers. That would have been a great band name for us, the Brothers Murray. Yep. Yeah. And then one other person, um, a man, Mister Sassel, uh, Lou Sassel. Who, who are these uh, these uh, musicians?
1: You know, I have a feeling that that may be made up, but the Justin Penis was not made up from last episode, and all those people, including Mister Lou Sassel. Went to patreon.com slash talking giants, $2 a month. You know the drill. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. If you want a therapy session after we lose, sign up. Because um, ain't probably ain't going to be playing Sweet Victory. But patreon.com slash talking giants. Watch with us while we record the shows. And also, you have an opportunity to win some shirts two times a month with some raffles. Thank you to our patrons.
2: All right. So the Saints are 2-1, and one, and they look like a solid team. Let's talk about their offense first, and Jameis Winston is their quarterback now. Drew Brees is. No, if Drew Brees was their QB, I would kind of be like, there's really not a shot here, especially with the way the Giants' pass rush is right now. Like, I I just don't see us being able to beat Drew Brees and the Saints. But I do view Jameis Winston as a downgrade. Now he's played all right this year. He's, but he, look at his numbers. Like they're kind of surprising when you think about the Saints being two and one and beating the Packers, beating the Patriots. He's only completing sixty percent of his passes. 149 yards per game passing. Like, that's not what you think of when you think of Jameis. Only 6.1 yards per attempt. Now, the touchdown-interception ratio is great. Seven touchdowns, two interceptions, because he had that five. But, like, versus the Packers, he had five touchdowns on 150 uh, yards. Like, so they are really reining Jameis in, but he's still making some of those same mistakes. You watch the Panthers game, and, you know, he had some of those, those dumb Jameis interceptions that we kind of known for. So he's inconsistent. And now they're so, and they're trying to get him – Like they're just trying to turn him into a different QB, where it's like you know this shorter, this short game stuff. Working Alvin Kamara, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of it for him. I you know if you're gonna let Jameis be your QB, let him sling it a little bit, take some risks. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that would be the path to victory for the Giants is to get some Jameis interceptions. You know, and this Giants team has only had one interception to start the season. Like you know, my Giant Factor is going to be talking about interceptions. You know, you got you got like our. Cornerback one and cornerback two should severely outmatch their wide receiver one, wide receiver two with Deontay Harris and Marquez Calloway.
1: Yeah, their offense has been less efficient than ours, but, um, you know, our offense hasn't been able to score points, whereas the Saints, you know, winning two games, they have been able to score some points. But the skill position uh, spot for the Saints is very worrisome. I mean, you know, we'll get to it when we talk about our fantasy draft and there's there's just not a lot of options here for us uh here for us for uh, on the saints you know marquez even marquez callaway he was supposed to be a guy that was really supposed to step up in the absence of michael thomas and that hasn't fully worked out as much as as he was hyped up over the summer uh alvin kamara has been a guy that's been very reliant on volume where kamara isn't typically reliant on volume he had 20 carries week one still didn't average four you know he averaged about four yards per carry he had 24 carries this past week against new england didn't even break 100 yards so um he had 89 yards so again that's less than four yards that's not very efficient he hasn't been overly that involved in the receiving game either so the saints offense you know again this is where you know the 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 key to victory for the Giants is similar to how, you know, we were talking about the start of the season, it's going to have to be in this Giants defense really stopping what is a kind of slightly below average offense and giving the op- giving the offense a lot of opportunities to put points on the board.
2: Yeah, Alvin Kamara like you said has never been a volume guy from the carry point. Like he had his most 20 uh, uh, yard carry 20 carry games this season already. Yeah. You know, with those two. Like he's never been that, you know, and they cut Latavius Murray and now they got Tony Jones Jr. as their backup. Obviously not at the level of Murray or Ingram that was before them him with Alvin Kamara. I mean he's only he's not even averaging three and a half yards per carry. Three point four yards per carry with that type of
1: volume. Less than sixty yards isn't good. That's the same and, thing as Saquon by the way. They both they're both averaging three point four yards per carry.
2: Yeah, like that's not good for either of those guys. And we think, well Alvin Kamara is he's part of the receiving game. And I agree. And that's why I think losing Drew Brees, you know, I think everyone focused on Drew Brees' uh, lack of arm strength at the end, which I agree, but it's like Drew Brees was still a good QB last year. He just couldn't be at the top of the league because he couldn't stretch the ball downfield. Like he was a very efficient QB last year. Go look at his numbers. I mean, it's like it's if Daniel Jones had those numbers, we would be thrilled with him if he if he had the numbers that Drew Brees had. And that was because Drew Brees he knew how to do the quick game better than anybody playing a long time. And part of that was Alvin Kamara, but Kamara, he only has 10 catches for 62 yards and, and two touchdowns. You know, we've talked about like Saquon is not that involved in the receiving game. Saquon has three less receiving yards. Now he doesn't have the two touchdowns that Kamara has Yeah. like Jameis and Alvin Kamara are not a good fit together, you know? Um, so, you know, that's where losing Drew Brees hurts, but here is where my worry is. We don't have a pass rush. Like, we do right. not have a pass rush, and I think Jameis is the type of QB that if we blitz him, he'll beat us. Like, I do think Jameis, you blitz Jameis, you play man coverage, I think Jameis will beat that. You know, so you gotta you got to throw all types of different looks at him. Like, this is a game, like, people are low on Patrick Graham. I'm not, but people are. This is a game where Patrick Graham could get people back on his side. Like, because Jameis yeah. is, is the type of QB that Patrick Graham could have success with without the lack of pass rush. Now, Taron Armstead, who might be the best left tackle in the game, is probably going to be out. If he wasn't out, it's like, okay, there's no way we're getting to the QB in this game. But Ryan Ramsek is obviously gonna be good at right tackle. Armstead, if we can if we can if we can pressure a little bit that backup left tackle, that is the key to having a really good game. That with Patrick Ram throwing all types of different coverages at Jameis Winston. You know, like obviously you want to blitz and play some man coverage, but like I wouldn't go into this game being like we're gonna blitz and and man coverage the crap out of Jameis Winston. Like I think that's the type of stuff Jameis beats. So there is like the path to victory really is through the hands of the defense this week.
1: Yeah, Jameis Winston has held on to the ball. His time to throw is three point one seven seconds per through the first three 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 weeks of the season, and that's the second highest in the NFL to Lamar Jackson, who obviously runs around back there and he's not spending that time in the pocket. You know, Jameis Winston's not really running around and creating plays, uh, you know, improvising plays like Lamar Jackson is. So, you know, Saints have given him time to throw the ball does his intended air yards per attempt is 9.4 which is pretty solid so you know this is this is the game where you said it you know kind of the start where I'm not bought back in to this defense yet whereas I know that you like the Atlanta game plan you like that approach
2: I'm not back bought back in like like the expect I'm sorry to interrupt you but you know like my expectations are lower for this defense you know but I don't like I think this defense is better than it was last year it's just kind of you know, it's not, it's not a great defense,
1: but they, they can get me bought back in. Uh, if Patrick Graham and, you know, this defense and some of these playmakers make plays, which they haven't done the first three week three games of the season. If some of these guys can make plays then then, then I'll be, then I'll be bought back in. Cause this saints offense, it's, it's literally, I would say it's average, you know, it's probably a little below average, but it is an average level defense. So, you know, the Falcons were <laughs> a terrible offense. Um, And if you can kind of get me back in this game on the road in the Superdome first game back since the hurricane if you can have a good defensive showing here um I'll, I'll be back into repping Patrick Graham
2: yeah yeah I mean I, I mean I still you know I, I like Patrick Graham I, there's no there's no doubts about yeah. that but uh you know right now the defense is ranked 16th um and I you know I had this conversation with Big Pat Sports talking mean, I know this is a little off of off topic of just Saints Giants Is like the Giants' defense was ranked ninth last year, which is a good defense. But that the ninth-ranked defense shouldn't be relied on to win games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. Y- like, you know, it's like a top five, not even a top – like a top three defense is like those are defenses that win you games and get you to the playoffs. Having the ninth-ranked defense is not something to be relied on. Like, no, you still need to sc- – the ninth-ranked defense, you still got to score a good amount of points, you know. Uh, you know, yeah, like and, you, and you're than...
1: saying you're saying sixteenth. Is that in point? You're we're talking about points. Yeah, points allowed. Um, Giants are like the top six worst defense in terms of EPA. Um, so that's that's something to keep in mind too. But also, the Giants' offense is above average in EPA, which boggles my mind since they still score points at a below average rate. So go figure. Yep,
2: and that's why it's the game comes down to who scores more points.
1: That's right. So you
2: can eat. Um, you can e- shove it. You, I'm trying to think of do an EPA uh, riddle like, um, eventually points. Yeah. All right. Let's on uh, <sighs> anything else on on their offense you want to hit on? Um, no. I mean their tight ends, Trotman and John Johnson, are kind of, eh. You know they. You know their leading receiver has like 117
1: yards, and and hopefully we get bad Jameis. I mean that's that's the hope. That's the yeah.
2: That is <laughs> Jameis is the decider of this game. Like if we if we can get bad Jameis, you know doesn't mean he won't make some plays, but like Jameis give us give us the ball, Jameis give us the ball at, at at your own twenty. How about do that? That is the key to winning this game. Is Jameis giving us the ball a few times? Now let's talk about their defense. Their defense. It's good. Uh-huh. It is good, and the offense is bad, and it's missing players for the New York Giants. And here is my biggest worry: Cam Jordan versus Nate Solder. I feel like that's after Von Miller, the worst matchup of the year first Cam for uh, for Nate Solder, more so than Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young, because Cam Jordan will go through your ass, you know. Like Cam Jordan's not trying to beat you around the corner every play. He'll go through you, he'll work inside. He will make you work every single play. He's not going to let you know what like what's coming. You know, versus a guy like Chase Young, it's like it's kind of easy to kind of diagnose what he's doing at every play. Now he may just out-athlete you, but it's it's he's he's not uh refined. Cam Jordan is a refined player. Now he hasn't had the greatest stats this year, but he's still an awesome player. That being said, they only have 6 sacks and one of those is Marcus Davenport who's out. Um so I think the key is you know, Jones being able to avoid that pass rush on the Nate Solder side and Andrew Thomas holding up against, you know, first rounder Peyton Turner and then uh another guy they have Tenno uh Passong, I think I pronounced that right. Oh, good job. In two games, he's had two sacks, a tackle for a loss, and three QB hits, which is really good. So once again, we need Andrew t- Andrew Thomas is kind of being relied on, and this is the way it should be when you're picked off for- picked fourth or overall. It's like you gotta be good every game. It's like we can't, you know, if he pads a bad game, does it mean he's a bad player? No, but it's like We need you to be good to win games. And I think that's been the biggest difference of Daniel Jones this year compared to year one and year two is he's had good left tackle play where he didn't year one all year. Year two he didn't for the first half, and then the second half it got better. But Andrew Thomas looks better than second half of last year, Andrew
1: Thomas. The Saints, even though they only have six sacks, which is the same amount as the Giants, they're ranked top five, top six in QB hits. And the Giants are 25th in the NFL, so you got to keep that in mind. Sacks aren't just everything. Teams can still get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, even if they're not producing necessarily with sacks. And the Saints' defense, according to DVOA and Football Outsiders, it just gives you a good overall snapshot about how efficient an offense is and then how good defenses are not allowing offenses to be efficient. The third in the NFL, according to DVOA, sixth as a pass uh, as a pass unit and then a uh, third as a run defense. Um, and here's my question to you. How screwed up would it be if this is the game where Solder's benched and parrots brought in pretty much like the first away game from the East Coast and the first away game in a really hostile environment where there's more fans of the opposing team than the home team
2: you know <laughs> against cam Jordan <laughs> here's the th- and here's why like I know there's like a i I want Matt Parrott to start over Nate solder, but I'm not excited about that you yeah. know like starting Matt parrot does not excite me at all you know. Like, Parrot could be worse than Soldier, you know? Um, so, I would like... I like to see... But at the same time, it's like, every single week, they'll be like, a, well, you know, they have good passwords. Like, if, if Parrot is going to start, he's got to start. So, if Parrot starts, I'm I'm nervous. But if Nate solder starts, I'm nervous, too. Because it's just... I've It's something that I've been used to seeing out there. You know, I've, I've seen him out there 35 times now. Yeah. Um, so... So, yeah, I mean, it's, what do you think about Matt Skura most likely starting at left guard? I think yeah, we need to pray for his health.
1: So, we asked on Wednesday or Monday, I think we definitely asked a Wednesday, like, well, what are they doing at left guard? We don't know. And now we still fully don't know, right? We're still going off of this presumption that it's going to be Skura?
2: Duggan basically said that Jones, Daniel Jones, all but confirmed it'll be Matt Skura at left guard. Okay. It's going to be, I, I, if it's not Matt Skr, I'd be surprised. Matt at
1: left guard, not Billy Price.
2: Yeah, Matt Skr. I think they want to uh. keep Billy Price at center, which I know is funny because they moved Nick Gates from center, but I think <laughs> they want to leave Billy Price at center. And it, it might have to do with not even just this week. They might want to you know slide Wes Martin in a left guard, which I don't think they're ever. By the way, how about me breaking the Isaiah Wilson news?
1: Oh, that did happen. He's that a big happen. man. He's yes. he's an extremely large human being. I have
2: zero expectations for him to play. If he play ever plays, it will be a nice surprise. He looks so slow. Getting uh, in the clips, they uh, yeah. some of the beat reporters put out. He's he's probably fifty pounds overweight, at four hundred pounds. I have zero expectations for yeah. him. But anyways, we're not here to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the O line's kind of in shambles. Jones has done a good job of manipulating it with Thomas at left tackle, but it's it is really. <laughs> It's kind of comical that we've had four left guards in four games.
1: It's going to show it's, you know, it's going to show it's nasty head eventually. And you just hope that it's not this game. Um, you know, we have Carolina coming up too, which I mean, <laughs> Carolina has like the best defense in the NFL short sample size, three weeks, but they've been playing out of their minds to start the season. Dallas has a really good front five front seven. Uh, Mike Parsons will be going up against Nate Solder. So it's going to rear its ugly head eventually. Like th- th- it's, it's bound to happen. The offensive line is bound to have a disaster game. And I kind of hope it's not coming off the back of a bad Andrew Thomas game, but also what's kept the offensive line afloat so far has been Andrew Thomas. And I-, I hope he's not the reason why, if we do have a disaster game, I hope he's not the reason why.
2: They have six interceptions in three games. Do you think Daniel Jones' interception streak ends this week? No. You don't?
1: Nope. Planting my flag in the ground. Do you think
2: that's because just Daniel Jones, or do you think that the offense is going to stay stubborn and kind of— We
1: need to stop saying that Daniel Jones— like, if Daniel Jones takes more deep shots down the field, that he's more likely to throw interceptions, because that's not a valid talking point. Like, uh— it, no, I am. I'm, I'm no, thinking- but it's
2: not about throwing the ball deep. It's a, you know the pre. It's not having pre snap. Re- it's it's about process. You know post snap reads and compared to pre snap reads.
1: No, but you were just like, is the offense going to continue to stay stubborn? And that's what I thought that you meant. What? You you said I thought the offense was, or, or is the offense going to stay stubborn? And that's what I thought that you meant about. Oh, not throwing the ball down the field.
2: Yeah, I don't think the interceptions would come from throwing the ball downfield, but if you're running those downfield concepts, there's more risk of throwing interceptions. Not not on the deep passes, but on the other passes that are... When you're going through... Your, there's just more room to make mistakes in your progressions and get confused and, yeah. and make, make, dumb, make bad throws. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Daniel Jones, it's he's. It, I mean, it looks like Sterling Shepard and, and Darius Slayton aren't going to play. So I think we'll probably get Kenny Galladay, obviously Colin Johnson, and then Tony and Board mixing around within there too. Um,
1: Any expectation for Tony's role to expand?
2: No, I'm kind. I've kind of we've done this every week. I'm now at the let's see because he played a good amount of reps last week. You know, it's just. He doesn't really fit in as just a line them up and play them in this pre-snap timing offense.
1: Do you think this is the game? Because we're talking about the Giants offense. Do you think this is the game where, like, to start the game, we're going to see, like, oh, we haven't seen this before. Oh, we haven't seen that before, where it's guys moving around and maybe Barkley doing something fun or Tony doing something fun. Because I have – you always get the feeling like Ben McAdoo did this a couple times and I feel like Pat Shermer might have done this too where coaches know that the clock is ticking so then they'll unveil things that are kind of fun but they'll yeah. do it just a couple times and then they did it and so they're done with it. Do you have a feeling yeah. that's like this game?
2: Yeah, I do. But that's the thing is I don't want gadgety stuff. I just want a consistent different philosophy on, on offense from this from this coaching staff. Um, so yeah, they're like, they're, are they going to for, especially with Shep and Slayton are, are they going to force feed Tony? Yeah. That could go good. That could go really bad. Like it did versus Denver. Um, so, but he'll definitely be involved. So let's talk about this because of, you know, their DBs, because of their pass rush, Saquon needs to show up shake. Saquon needs to get four to five a pop in this game. You know, and I'm not talking about like Washington where he averaged over four yards per carry, but he, he had one 41 yard carry run. And then the rest were one like, like we have to be able to run the ball in this game and get four to five yards of pop. Like there has to be kind of like a come like a come to Jesus moment for Saquon. Like, dude, you gotta you gotta go and start hitting these holes. And I promise you that one will break. One of them will break. Let them break naturally. Let your athleticism show up afterwards. You know, like you know how Wayne Gallman last year did that, and then he would he just couldn't break that last tackle a a million times. Like, kind of say that to him. Like. If you run the way Wayne Gallman ran, we had so we would have had so many yards last year because you break those tackles, Saquon. But you got to start running kind of through guys.
1: Yeah, this is a top three run run defense as of now. Uh, I'm not expecting it. Like yes, like this is we need it. But uh, again, I'm just I'm just not expecting it. I, I really am, I really am not.
2: Yeah, the expectations for the offense have to be um pretty well, low right now because because Saquon's not running well. The run game's not working. And um, the passing game isn't uh, producing big plays. Yep. So, and it's it's against uh, a defensive backfield that can ruin your day. You know, like, you know, ev- like eventually Daniel Jones will throw another interception. You know, I know it's fun to joke about right now. You know, it's like he's like one of five QBs who hasn't thrown an interception. He hasn't thrown an interception since Tampa last year that wasn't bounced off Evan Ingram's hands. But like eventually he will throw an interception, and um, hopefully it won't be the end of the world, even though it will be
1: all i got bobby skinner
2: all right let's uh send it to the interview we have terrence cooper former saints wide receiver of the believe and saints podcast come on pay attention in there let's go we got a beautiful day work play fast play fast whoa ah all right we now welcome onto the program to preview the saints game terrence cooper Former NFL wide receiver, played for the Saints, played for the Chiefs, played for some other teams, and now he covers the Saints for the Believe in Saints podcast. Terrence, how are you doing? How are you feeling uh, about the Saints three weeks in? Because it's kind of been, you know, first time without Drew Brees in
0: forever. Uh You know what? I'm feeling good, but I feel even better about the Saints. This is the perfect – they're in a great situation right now. Uh, Going into uh, week four at two and one, this this is what you could ask, for. you wouldn't. You couldn't ask for anything better than this situation.
2: You don't think you'd rather be, you know, three zero and three facing the toughest part of your schedule, like the Giants? I mean, that's <laughs> that's where we are right now, <laughs> and it's, it, it's it's brutal. But you know what? Perfect perfect spot for an upset game. Um, so I I mentioned no Drew Brees,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: Jameis is put in, and Jameis is like one of the most complicated QBs in the game because his highs Very. are so high and his lows are so low, and I think that's been shown up. So far with you guys, you know, good game versus the Saints, but like week one had five touchdowns, not, not a ton of yards like you see from Jameis, but five touchdowns. And then mm-hmm. versus the Panthers, you don't – you just you – not only turnovers, you see like the really bad turnover side of Jameis. What yeah, are then, like, we getting with Jameis Winston as the Saints QB right now?
0: I think you're going to get whatever our, whatever our run game can give him. That's what you're going to get. The, the, when James Winston starts struggling, it's because our run game is not going. Uh, and one thing that, that the Saints are doing a great job of, especially in their two wins they had, they're limiting the amount of throws that he's, that he's attempting. I mean, we all know that Jameson has, has a history of turning the ball over, and it, it kind of rears his head up a little bit as well sometimes. But if we can continue, if the Saints continue to, to get the run game going, and limit the amount of time that uh, Winston is just doing drop back passing. And, but when he does pass, get into some play action because your run game is going well. Then I think that's what that's the game plan that you want Jameis Winston to follow. Uh, you don't want him to have to drop back thirty and forty times uh, throwing the ball because we all know he's he's always ready to turn it over.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's always yeah, I mean, ready we, to do it. <laughs> we know that you know we you know Daniel Jones debut was versus Jameis in Tampa and it was like. He balled out that game, but he also had, like, a, an interception that just made no sense where he just, you know, throws it over a guy's head to a, to a linebacker. Now, oh, yeah. I noticed when I was, I was actually watching um some Brian Burns film, which was, you know, against the Saints, and I noticed that, you know, his, some of his turnovers were when he got pressure and, and, you know, got hit and made bad throws. And part of that is Taron Armstead. Like, he's – people call him the best left tackle in the game. Is he out – And with him out, like, what do you expect from left tackle? Do you think they're just going to sub the next guy in, maybe move Ramchek over? Or what is going on with that left tackle spot?
0: You know what? I think he may be out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But if he is out, I think that will be a question mark for us of of who we're going to put in that position. But I still feel like, you know, with him being out, we still can establish the run game. Uh, And that's where it all stems from. I know I said it earlier. But the run game is where it's going to stem from. That is how the Saints are going to be successful when it comes to beating the Giants. They got to establish a run game. But vice versa, I feel like the Giants have to do the exact same thing. Uh, the, y'all have to get Saquon going. It's going to be tough for y'all to have a successful season until y'all really get him going uh, and y'all can really play complimentary football. But like I said, the Giants, they, they got a couple the receivers that's out, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so it's, it's going to be tough sledding this weekend.
2: Yeah, yeah. So with Kamara, you know, I go, you know, look at the stats and it's, you know, three and a half yards per carry. Obviously, he's, you know, a great receiving – like, he's known for his receiving back, but I do think Jameis being his QB compared to Drew Brees does make a difference for him. Mm-hmm. What has – like, what does Kamara look like as, like, kind of that lead dog runner where he's getting the majority of those touches, which he, not, he didn't always get in the past?
0: I think he's he's done a great job. Of course, I feel like the uh, the game when we played – who do you lose to? Uh, not this Panthers. game, just pa- the, the Panthers. When we played the Panthers, I feel like he, he struggled a little bit. He, we struggled as a – the Saints struggled as a team uh, just to get in the run game going. So I feel like that is, that is why we struggle with the Panthers. Uh, but their defense, the Saints' defense, I don't know if, if people feel like they're underrated or they overrated, but the Saints' defense is the real deal. Uh, they're the ones that's keeping these teams – that's keeping the Saints in the game. Uh, besides offensively running the ball and, and being able to do things like that and keeping Winston out of certain situations. But defensively, they have been stepping up and making a ton of plays. Last week they had three turnovers, one of them pick six. Uh, when when your defense is holding a, de- a another offensive team like that, that frees up a lot of stuff when it comes to play calling uh, for Coach Payton.
2: Yeah, so let's lead into – I mean, they held the Packers to three points, which is – I don't know if anyone's held, you know, Aaron Rodgers to three points in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know, the Patriots, to 13. uh, What, like, what is the, like, the identity of the defense? Is it, you know, is it, you know, Cam Jordan and Peyton Turner coming off the edge and playing man coverage or, or you know, heavies? Like, what is kind of the identity of the defense and why are they, what are they doing to be at this uh, such a high level?
0: Well, when you got a corner like Lattimore out there and you're able to put him on a team's best uh, receiver, uh, but it's not just one thing. they are doing it collectively. It's not like, oh, we just got one guy just standing out that's doing everything. You got guys, uh Lattimore, you got Jenkins, you got your d you got your uh your d line, all those guys your line, all those guys are making plays. you know, so it's hard to just key in on one position group that feel like, okay, well, this is the reason why we're getting things done. Every position group is making plays defensively. But that is, but the way this team is set up this year, you got to have a defense like this to continue to sustain uh, and help to help the team out. Not just defensively, but it helps us out offensively as well. Because like I mentioned earlier, when the defense is going out there and stopping another team's offense, it helps our offensive coordinator, it helps Sean Payton so much that now he don't have to go outside of his game plan uh, if he wants to continue to establish the run game. He can stick with the run game a little bit longer because your defense is stopping the other team's offense. Uh, Whether it was vice versa, if we wasn't getting any stops defense, if the Saints wasn't getting any stops defensively, uh, offensively, Coach Payton may have to call a few more drop back passes and put Jameis Winston in certain situations that he don't want to be in right now. So I think defensively, everybody is playing well right now. Right.
2: Well, so they are playing well, but every team's kind of got like that one spot. It's like, you know, teams can attack this, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, a weak side linebacker in coverage, your out second outside corner, deal, you know, middle of D line, not getting pushed in the run game. Where like if you were attacking the Saints D de- like defense, what would you kind of like go at?
0: First of all, like I mentioned it early. I'm gonna establish the run game. The run game gotta get established. That's what I'm attacking. Uh, because once you get the run game going, it just sets so much so many other things up for you. It sets your play action pass up. Now the fact you're getting these runs and now you turn around, you play action, these linebackers are sucking up. You can hit some passes, some deeper passes, or you can hit them right behind the linebacker. So I feel like establishing the run game to me and getting Saquon going, that is going to be the formula to beat the Saints.
2: What's the atmosphere like going back into uh, the Superdome? I mean, I know you – Ooh, it's going to be hostile. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's going to be hostile – uh, I, you get a real sense of, you know, the same feel that that the Superdome had, with back in 2006, when we just got back from Hurricane Katrina, uh, our first game back in the Superdome versus the Atlanta Falcons, you're starting to get that feel of this is how it's going, uh, especially with with uh, the Giants being 0 and 3. You know, they're they got some guys, some key guys out. Uh, they're having a little bit of time establishing a run game. It's almost, and I hate to say it, but it's almost going to be impossible for the Giants to come down there and beat the Saints in the Superdome and they're just getting back there because the fans are looking for something to cheer for. And with the Saints coming back 2-1, and one, got a chance to win two games in a row to finish up 3-1 and one, uh, in the first four games, you know, it's going to be tough for the Giants. But, like the only way the Giants going to have opportunity, I feel like, to, to win this game they gotta win the they gotta win the turnover battle, and they gotta establish the run. They have to.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I I want to disagree with you, but it's 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 gonna be <laughs> a tough matchup for the Giants this week. Um, Terrence, if people want to hear like a Saints point of view to to the preview of this game and everything, where can people find you know your
0: your content and and your podcast? Uh, you can go to I Believe in Saints. Uh, you can get that on. Any of your podcast media outlets, whether it's Apple, whether it's uh, uh, Art nineteen, whether it's Google, uh, any of your um, your podcast outlets, you can definitely listen to it up there. I believe in Saints.
2: All right, Terrence, I appreciate you giving some time, and uh, maybe maybe they play next year. Maybe the Giants turn around, and make the playoffs. Probably not, and, uh, and we'll do <laughs> this again. I uh, appreciate look, you, season, man.
0: Look, the Giant season isn't over yet. They still got plenty of time. It's not over yet.
2: That's the issue. Is there's so much time left in the season? We just want to move. We just want to move on and get to the draft. We got two first round picks, probably a new GM. That's our biggest issue right now. Is how much time we got left in the season.
0: Oh, uh, you're funny.
2: All <laughs> right, thanks, Terrence. All right, now. No holds bad. He was. He took me in the low post and won. But I think we had on the Varsity. Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. <laughs> To kick off another action-packed, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Wow, man. That's a good deal. Listen up, because you you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place any bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $100 and $50 and free bets instantly. If Sportsbook (laughs) is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers, only minimum minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See jackkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Seeing. Reminds me of the best intro ever. <laughs> oh, jeez. When we had... um Ah, we're going to get demonetized because of the music. Never mind. I can't play it. But it was a great intro.
1: Yeah, because it was... um, Hey, Bobby you're sometimes really loud or really quiet. Can you try to level it out? That's the note that I gave, a producer's note that I gave Bobby before the show. And then he just comes on screaming, Welcome to Dr. George! And I was laughing at the the reaction. The reaction that Danny and I both had to that was very, very funny. And I only wish to see what our Patreon reacted to when you did that. That must have been really fun. All right, We now welcome on Danny King, for
3: weather and trivia. What's the weather down like in the Bayou? Uh, I, I you know, I was struggling how to do this one because they're in a dome and like, so like, I was thinking like, do I make a joke about their roof was on fire recently? But obviously the roof must be fine. I mean, it's gonna be 78 outside, so like, but like, that doesn't affect the dome. So I was thinking, do you make a do you make a hurricane joke? I was it crossed the mind. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I was like, no, soon. that'd be that'd be a bad guy move. So I was like, how how can I? What's a weather report I can give? Since the johns are in a dome, and I didn't expect I would have to do this this early in the season, I have to break out the Middle East weather map. I had no choice. I had no choice. We're breaking it out early in the season this week. Yeah. The the weather. We're gonna look at. It, we're gonna look at. Uh, we're we gonna look at. We're gonna look at. Iran. It's seventy eight degrees. It's two a.m. over there, so it's it's kind of warm, like extremely warm. It got really like cool up here. It's going hit a high of a hundred today over there. So those people are just maniacs. But yeah, it's gonna be seventy eight and. Uh, people are maniacs. They are maniacs. <laughs> 81 <laughs>
2: degrees in Florida right now.
3: <laughs> oh, so basically, what's the difference? So, I mean, if you're going to <laughs> New Orleans, have fun. But, I mean, like, you're going to be in a dome. It's going to be loud. In, no, it's, yeah, it's going to be loud. I mean, what's like, the
2: weather, like, outside the stadium? People got to walk
3: there. I mean, are we actually going to have fans there? I mean, it's going to be 78 degrees, obviously. Uh, it says, humid and mostly cloudy. Feels like 81. Humidity is 100%, so it might just be downright. Ew. Disgusting. Like, absolutely disgusting. Ew. And, uh new orleans but it's new orleans so if you're going to new orleans you should expect disgust in this wow. nice do we have any trivia we do i decided to take it easy this week i felt like last week was a really mind inducing one so this you're, week I mean, they're always hard i don't think i've ever just known an answer you know, we're, to the we're bad before. we're, we're uh, really bad all right, well I, I think this one could be simple who is the oldest player to play against the saints for the new york giants so he was on the giants and who who was the oldest player I will say he was at least in the 2000s era, just to make life. Jeff Fiegels. Justin, Justin. What is your answer?
1: Um, yeah, there was like a, I feel like a Monday Night Football game where Brandon Jacobs, and the and they played. So yeah, I'm gonna go Jeff Fiegels.
3: Look at that, we got an answer correct here, yes. gentlemen. Yeah, week. it
2: was 2011. It was wasn't no. it?
3: No, it, it was 2009. Or no, it was Weatherford. Yes. Weatherford was Weatherford the was there, 2011, yeah. but it was Jeff Feagles on October 18th, 2009. He was forty three years and two hundred twenty five days old. He's the like Iron literally, he, he's like literally the record holder for that at this point. Like his name appeared like five different times. Him, it was him, Morton Anderson, Jeff Feagles, Jeff Feagles, and Eli Manning was on there as well, obviously because he was old. The so look Iron at that. Man, the Iron Man, the King of Coffin Corners, and now he's it, a host
2: of Big Blue Kickoff Live. All right, let's do fantasy. He is. Oh, uh, yeah. You didn't know Jeff Feagles is on Big Blue? Oh, you I are thought, really I, out of touch. I
1: thought we were talking about Eli Manning. Oh, no. He's no, the host no. of the Eli Manning Show.
2: No no free no free ads. Sorry. <laughs> um, Our fantasy draft where we draft players from uh, each of the two the teams we're playing and the Giants. It's a good way to uh, match up players and to bring competition. Justin will be picking first, and he's in last place. Last year's champion, he only has 95 points. Had a good outing last week with 37. He's 33 behind the lead. I'll be picking second. I have 112 points. I, I won the week last week with 44 points. I'm only 15 points behind. Me and both Justin both closed uh closed uh ground on Danny King, who's first with 128 points, 21.3 points last week. So we're 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 gaining on you. I might be first place in this at some point this year. Justin took Wayne Gallman and he beat me still. Like how'd that happen? Oh yeah. Well you took Sterling Shepard the week he got hurt, which is like you got a bank on Sterling Shepard
3: getting hurt eventually and and you got him on the hurt week. He also took Darius Slayton, so he lost out on some points there as well. Justin just had a solid week. Can't hate. Who did good for me? Cordell Patterson, probably. Cordell I Patterson. Him? I had
1: Cordell Patterson.
3: You oh. had. Oh, you had Pitts, didn't you? But I probably did. I
2: had, I had I Pitts. No, you had you had um. Calvin Ridley.
1: I also had Saquon, who scored a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, yes. there so it is. Calvin. And
2: Saquon had a, a decent receiving game. There it is. Too. Boom. All right, Justin, you're the first pick. Saquon, right?
1: Uh, no, finally going to pull the trigger with Kadarius. No, um, Alva Kamara.
2: Uh, The easiest first pick of the year. This
1: might be one of the easiest first picks that we've had yet this year. Gets involved in the receiving game. Gets a lot of volume in the running game, uh, especially if the saints kind of get an early lead, which is likely because teams do that against us. He's going to get the volume. Give me Alvin Kamara.
2: Yeah. I mean, very easy. So pick number two is extremely hard because I don't trust any of our receivers. Um, you know, I, I want to pick Kenny Galladay, but it's like, you know, this might be the best cornerback one he's faced all year, you know, like Marshawn Lammer is probably the best corner he's faced all year. And there's going to be more attention on him. So I can't go him. I'm just going to go Saquon, you know, like it, I know he'll get touches. Like there's no doubt in that. And again, he might pound it. Like he had a bad game and he had a good fantasy week last week. So I'm going to go Saquon Barkley with my first pick.
3: How about we uh we just cancel the rest of the fantasy draft right now I think it that's gets
2: really game. bad after this this is the this my big board's a mess this week
3: <laughs> I, I, I I literally looked up players and at one point I literally just rose like how is New Orleans have no one scoring points in fantasy it's it, it's outrageous. I mean yeah, I'm, their offense is not good right yeah now. I mean I'm gonna have to take Kenny Galladay. like I gotta because like I think he's the only other guy that I can rely on to get points and I feel like I have to take a giant so give me Kenny. And I, and am and am I gonna do it? Am I gonna take the player who I did not know of until literally Sunday at about like one ten when he caught his first pass? I you're gonna do take I, Colin Johnson, aren't you? I, I think I'm gonna do Colin Johnson. I think <laughs> I'm gonna take Colin Johnson because they, they, Slayton's out. Uh, Kadarius Tony, God knows what they're gonna do with him. John Ross is back, and what are they gonna do with John Ross? Kadarius Tony, they don't want to use Tony, so give me Colin Johnson maybe he'll give me some points like please (laughs) i don't want any saints they're so bad
2: they don't get points but neither do we um i had Johnson six on my big board but i still kind of like that pick i'm gonna go their top receiver deontay harris like he has been their number one receiver really like he's gotten the most yards he's gotten a touchdown so i'm gonna go deontay uh harris with my second pick
1: i think that was a foolish pick um
2: why? Because you love Callaway. I know. I remember you talking about him in the preseason. You're all in on Callaway.
1: Yeah. So, but I'm not going to take him first because I want it to look you better. Take a giant. I want yeah. it to look better on the tweet on Sunday. So I'm going to take a giant first for the brand. I'm gonna take Evan Ingram because that's not gonna look
2: better for Giants. That, that,
1: that honestly, you
3: should have taken.
2: I'm so out, I've never been more out on Evan Ingram. Wait,
3: well, remember, this he, is
1: a fantasy draft. Uh,
3: this when is not, he a- got booed. I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever seen a player get booed off the field that badly in the middle of a game. That was impressive booing from Giants.
2: Not games. only did he have the fumble, he had two Sterling Shepard went out of the game and our chain mover, and he had two catches, 21 yards. I, I'm done, I, I am done. There's nothing he like he can have a good game. I'm done. I want to I want him traded. Well,
1: that's what I'm going with. I, I don't feel like there's anybody else logical here. Um
2: he was eighth on my big board, so six isn't bad.
1: So I'm gonna go Marcus Callaway on the uh, on the it. on the turnaround though. Um he, he's my guy. He looks really good over the summer. Um, you know, he hasn't put up a lot of performance. He had three catches through the first two games. But then last week against New England, he had four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. So um feel like getting the supposed number one wide receiver in New Orleans over Michael Thomas, Callaway at this point is not bad.
2: Now, the guy who's on my big board right now is Gridarius Tony. They're gonna use him this week. But here, you guys want to know a stat? Every single week this year, a backup tight end has scored a touchdown versus the New York Giants. Mm, so Every true. single week. And guess what? The Saints' backup tight end has more yards and more touchdowns than their starting tight end. So I'm going Joe Johnson. And by the way, we've kept up our streak of a player scoring a touchdown that wasn't picked in the fantasy draft every week. Um, that was with Lee Smith uh, with the Falcons. So I am going Joe Johnson, the Saints' backup tight end, with my third pick. Danny, you are uh,
3: you got snake picks. Last two. I will take Tony. I'm gonna ride it again because he, he gave me at least um, some production last week, like two point so six points, two two points, but three point 6. F- six is better than zero. So I'm gonna take him, and then on the snake around, you know what? What? Oh no, I can't take him because uh he could play quarterback as well. I can't take Taysom Hill; that would be illegal.
1: Yeah, is that... he list- Wait, I have to check. Is he listed as a tight end on the fantasy he- app?
3: No, I,
2: if He's if I I didn't put him on here, He's and I would have picked him before then. He is so. listed as a quarterback, so he is a no go. Okay, so no Taysom Hill. But that's Absol- if if honestly, if we would, if you guys would have brought that up before, I would have put him on here. We would just not use his passing yards, but we you didn't. So <laughs>
3: sucks sucks to suck. Ah. Uh... I don't even know who to take here. You guys got any good ideas? Here? Come on, hurry up, because I'm I'm like really antsy right now. Oh, you yo, you got someone? Eh, screw it, give me John Ross. What? Oh. <laughs> okay,
2: I didn't even put on my big board. I have zero expectations. I'm going their backup running back, Tony Jones Jr. He gets oh, carries for them. Kamara's gotten a lot of volume. They may want want to continue doing that. So I'm going their backup, uh, their backup running running back, Tony Jones Jr. I've been I was really hoping you wouldn't make that pick. So a... How about that, Justin? Finish it off.
1: Um, oh boy. I am going to go. You got their starting tight end. You got with, CJ
2: Board, who might get a bunch of reps.
1: Yeah, give me their starting tight end. Is uh Troutman their their starting tight end? Yeah. I mean, I mean he's he hasn't gotten. What? I think he has three catches this year, though. So I mean, I I wanted to maybe take Chris Hogan, Ty Montgomery, but again, they they just get nothing. So give me a give me Troutman.
3: Troutman all right I, I'm conceding my lead this week that's that's what
2: I'm doing here I, I I really want to take the lead um so to recap Justin you have Alvin Kamara Evan Ingram Marquez Callaway, and Adam Troutman I have Saquon Barkley Deontay Harris Jawan Johnson and Tony Jones Jr. Danny Kenny Galladay Colin Johnson Kadarius Tony and John Ross J- Danny's team is totally made up of Giants wide receivers <laughs> uh, I just realized that um all right it is time for Giant Factors. Justin, you have the first pick this week. I hope you don't pick mine. We didn't disclose. We usually disclose because I do a Giant Factor video.
1: This is an on-the-spot decision that I'm going to be making right now.
2: So I can veto you if you pick mine.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's going to be Aziz. Do it. Okay. Aziz Ojolori. Left tackle for the Saints. Starting left tackle is out. Leading the team in sacks. Three games, three sacks. Got six QB hits, too. Got a couple pressures. You're clearly showing out to be the dude, and we kind of need you to continue to be the dude. Now, you got the sacks, but I still want to see some more pressure. If you have a zero sack game, I do not want to see a zero QB hit or a zero pressure game. Put some more pressure on the quarterback, even if you don't fully get home. I want to see you get there more often, even if it doesn't result in sacks. So you've been the dude so far. Keep carrying us, young Buck Azizul jalori You are my giant factor.
2: I'm worried that Aziz is getting a little overrated right now. Well, and there's yeah. going to be expect- he's not getting there's-
1: consistent pressure on the quarterback. He's just getting the sacks.
2: Right. There's this, like like there's. I see people saying like we have our edge one, and it's like nope. He he should be the <laughs> he should be number two. Now I'm I'm very excited for what he's done in his rookie season, but it's like I am, you know, I I like it's it's you know we still don't have an edge rusher who's like, changing the game for us, you know. The sack Um, that he
1: had last week was really impressive because it was, like... Big time, too. And it was a big-time sack. It was an impressive sack because he beat his guy off the edge, and it wasn't, like, a coverage sack. Like, that was a legit sack. The Washington one, too. Yeah, Yeah, the
2: Washington one was, too. You know, week one was... I hate the term coverage sack, but there's times where it's very clearly, like, a coverage sack. So, like, it's not to say that his production is fake. It's just, like, I don't want to put those type of expectations on him yet. Like, he's got to show me more, so... All right, my giant factor. This guy's been, uh, you know, he's kind of went back and forth with the media a little bit this week whether it's on radio or uh, or in a presser, you know. Nothing bad, but you know, defending defending himself and his team. This guy dropped a couple of interceptions past the past week. This guy is now the very clear leader of this defense with Blake Martinez gone. This guy is a very smart player, an agile player, a quick player. Who is the type of player who can get an interception versus risky bad QBs, inconsistent QBs like Jameis Winston. Logan Ryan. We need plays made by our defense, not just a solid defensive game. We need like game changing plays by our defense this week. And that is what that is where you come in, Logan Ryan. I think our cornerbacks will do a good job on the outside, but you have to bait. You and Patrick Graham better be scheming stuff up with Blake gone. And you have to bait Jameis Winston into interceptions. That's do it. We need it this week, Logan Ryan. We need you to be a giant factor. We need you to be the leader of the defense. We need you to be a, be a playmaker. You talk about it. It's time to be about it. And he's played well this year. But we need a big play from Logan Ryan this week. Logan Ryan is my week four giant factor.
3: You better make up for uh, last week because I still have nightmares about those dropped interceptions. But that's what makes me in the giant factor. It's like, you're getting yeah, it. Exactly, Let's finish exactly. it now. He made the mistakes. Get better. My giant factor was at once deemed Mr. Irrelevant around the NFL, but I'm not sure how irrelevant he is these days, especially the Giants fans. It's going to be Tate Crowder. When Blake Martinez went down, he became the guy that had that little green dot on the back of his helmet. He was the one lining everybody up. He was the one calling the shots. He's the one Patrick Graham, JoJo, all of them went up to. Tate, this... Tay Crowder is being frustrated into a role. I don't think many of us expected him to be frustrated into, and in is especially this young of an NFL career. It's gonna be him and Reggie Raglan. I, I like I, I would have went Raglan or Crowder, but I think Crowder, this is Crowder's time to show exactly what he's got. There's gonna be a lot of riding on him. It's gonna be a loud Superdome first game back for them since uh the hurricane hit back in uh, what was that, August? Tay Crowder, make some plays. Get an interception your your game's the passing game. Reggie Raglan can handle the run. Get get a, get a quick little interception in there, uh Tay Crowder. Let's do it. It's all up to Tay. He's going to have to make sure this defense is ready to rock and roll on Sunday and make sure they can catch Jameis Winston sleeping. So Tay Crowder, get the job done. You're not Mr. Irrelevant anymore. You're the vocal leader, not vocal leader. You're the, the voice of this current defense right now. Cause you got to get everyone lined up. Tay Crowder, my guy, you're the giant factor. So we all went
2: defense. So I, I usually don't do this during show, but I, I nice camera work, Danny. I checked Twitter cause I had a DM and it was from snacks and he sent me so we're gonna do a live um clap back on air. You guys ready for this? What that guy snack say. So I responded to Carl Banks' whole fourth down thing. I said scoring on two drives greater than scoring on one drive.
1: My my friend, Carl Banks.
2: And he said, so now you have a newfound confidence in have after complaining about play calling for a season plus three games. Nice try.
1: So what are you going to respond?
2: Should I say? So I want to take the points when there. There?
1: There's you? no... I mean, you, you told me this, and I haven't gotten into an argument yet this year because I haven't made that strong of a claim. There is little to no point of arguing fourth-down decision calls with somebody who doesn't already see your point of view.
2: I know, but I got to at least clap back. Yeah,
1: well... Yeah, no, if, right.
2: if it was some random person, I wouldn't, but it's Carl Banks. I got to I clap
1: back. I, uh, believe me, I've been there. Uh, I've I've been there more often than... uh. Than you, of being in a position where Carl Banks comes after you. However, your reply to, like, he's being ratioed right now—because your reply to his tweet almost has as many likes as his actual tweet. So, well, let's see I think that's, replies from other people. That's Hold that's on. enough of a win in itself.
2: I know, but I let's still
1: do this after back. quick picks. If we have time, let's do this after quick
2: picks.
3: We got time, baby. It's people are here. Bigger issue was is the third. It's it's, down. it's it's the old way of thinking. He's he he hasn't adapted to the NFL in the 21st century. It's just the way it is.
1: No, I mean it, it's just the. Uh, the the false thinking that when you punt the ball, you're trusting your defense to make a stop, yeah. when that's not true. When you punt the ball when you should go for it near midfield, you're actually saying, I don't trust my offense to pick up the first down, and I also don't trust my defense to make a stop near midfield. When the Giants' defense last year, the time and at the point of the field that they would crank down was midfield. They would allow drives to sustain themselves, from like the 0 to the 20 or to the 20 to midfield, and then they would clamp down once they got to midfield in the red zone. So the this it's a very bad talking point by NFL coaches saying, I wanted to punt the ball there because I wanted to trust my defense to get a stop, when that's not saying that you trust your defense. You trust your defense to get a stop at midfield if you don't get fourth down but also, it's saying that you don't trust your offense to get three yards when you paid Kenny Galladay how much money, you have Saquon Barkley back, you have a franchise left tackle, and you have a quarterback who can run the ball with his legs. So that's what you're saying. You have all that, and you don't trust your offense, more importantly. So the whole talking point, that has to stop. I did it because I trusted my defense. No, no, you didn't. You didn't. it. right, I need you guys because
2: yeah. I want to put a video in it. So hold on one second. I'm pulling up Snagit.
1: I mean I could I could go on about four to dis- fort down decision all day. As long <laughs> here's as nobody the thing is
2: I can't hear you t- I can't have you talking because I have to pull it I have to snag at it real quick. All right then So hold on I'll tell you when hold on it's gonna take me five seconds all right on the count of three mute one two three <clears throat> What uh just all right you guys oh. are fine now yeah, did, did you get my cough? No, you didn't. So you Cause... wanted to get it in there, and you didn't. You didn't nah,
1: it I, because I, I, I didn't want to do that again. Because I knew if I, because I knew if I did that while you were recording it, I knew that you would, we would do that again.
3: It's, it, it's just a shame that that decision Joe Judge made. Not. It, 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 Going for it, sure, whatever. It was. Why don't you trust Graham Cannell in that situation? It's been over many times. It just doesn't. It does. Just doesn't make sense. No, and it's Graham crazy,
1: Cannell. Danny, because they had the same exact situation last week against Washington, where yeah, yeah, you said this in the staff it, report. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it. They had a. They had a fourth and four from the Washington thirty-five, which I believe that you know maybe I'm doing. My, I'm getting the yard numbers wrong, but it was a fifty-five-yard field goal. Like, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between a 55-yard field goal and a 57-yard field goal? Joe Judge was talking about the wind, but wasn't the wind at Graham Gano's back? Like, yeah. wouldn't that make it easier for the ball to travel? And Joe Judge's explanation also was like starting field position, but the Giants from this past weekend had the worst average starting field position in the National Football League, and the Falcons had, like, the seventh best average starting field position in the National Football League. So even his explanation, his reasoning, well, we wanted to play the field position game, even that didn't make any sense. So, yes, Carl Banks is right in his kind of clapback, or his initial tweet was, well, the Giants punted, and then the Falcons got the ball back, and then the Giants eventually scored seven. Like, okay, sure, that happened, but you ultimately delayed the inevitable outcome of the game, And you could have ultimately had two scores, like Bobby said, two scores instead of one where you didn't have to wait for us to score a touchdown. And then eventually Atlanta, you know, so by the time Atlanta caught up, it was too late.
2: All right. Since I did all that, we'll go through the first three picks of quick picks very, very quickly. I am 14 and 10. I went three and five last week. Justin, you are 12 and 12, went three and five last week. The listeners also went five and three thanks to research, Rick. But they are still far behind at ten and fourteen. Danny's first place is seventeen and seven. Went five and three last week. The listeners are represented by Giants Roddy Piper. Uh, they we Jags at Bengals. Bengals are seven and a half points favorites. The listeners go with the Bengals. Danny, who do you have in this one? And I see you put sunglasses on. So let's get let's do the
3: stick. I'm a, I'm a gambling expert now, guys. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm just an absolute genius. So you're sharp, uh, John you're Boy, sharp, you, Danny, John Boy. Yeah, John boy, you don't know where you know where to find me. I can be your gambling expert. DraftKings uh, promo code, whatever it was. Uh, Bengals <laughs> seven and a half. Justin, uh, to be different,
1: Jags plus seven and a half. I mean,
2: I get that the Bengals are better than the Jags, but seven and a half point favorites Thursday night football. I got the Jags. Panthers at Cowboys. The Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. I'm going with the Panthers. I just think they're a better team than Dallas, anyways. Even though Dallas has looked like the class of the NFC East. Listeners also went Panthers. Justin, what do you got on this one?
1: Panthers plus four and a half. Danny. Panthers plus four
2: and a half. All right. Next, we have the Browns at the Vikings. Vikings are two-point dogs on the road or at no, home. No home so, the, yeah. so the Browns are the favorite. Listeners went Browns minus two. Danny,
3: who do you have in this one? Uh, I'm going to be going with – I think the Vikings have been kind of – lending me the victory you know what i'm gonna take the minnesota vikings what are they plus two giving the vikings yeah. plus two justin i'm going vikings plus
1: two they got me a big win last week that was the pick that i was most confident in that they were i believe like three and a half or three point home underdogs against seattle so give me vikings plus two i'm kind of back in and i'm gonna be really disappointed when they have a heartbreaking loss
2: i think this is mike zimmer facing kevin stefanski who was his offensive coordinator and, you know, that outside zone play action, like offense is hard to defend. But if anyone knows how to do it, it is Mike Zimmer and his defense, even though their defense hasn't really been good this yeah, year. And bad. I think I, I think the Vikings have some, the Vikings have like a good offense right now. So I am going Vikings plus two. Dalvin Thompson looked
1: really good last week, by the way.
2: Seahawks at 49. And that's what, you know, Leonard Williams sucks. Seahawks at 49ers. You forgot a game. Uh, Cardinals, well, I screwed up the order when I wrote this down. Got it. I guess I'll go. Cardinals at Rams. Rams are four and a half point favorites at home. I am going with the favorite for the first pick on here. I am going the Rams. Listener going Rams. Justin, who do you got?
1: Cardinals plus four and a half.
3: Daniel. I'm in agreement with Justin. Cardinals plus four and a half. Kyler Murray's a beast.
2: Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers two-point uh, favorites. I know the Seahawks are one and two, and the 49ers look decent, but I, I think the Seahawks are just a better team than the 49ers, so I'm going Seahawks
3: plus two. Danny. Plus of Sunday night football for the Niners. I will also be taking the Seahawks plus two. Justin. I'm all, uh,
1: I want to be different. 49ers minus two and a half or minus two, whatever you got. See, uh, listeners went Seahawks. Colts at
2: Dolphins, the Jacoby Brissett Bowl. Dolphins are two point favorites at Holmes. Justin, who do you have?
1: Who is starting for the Colts?
2: Carson. Phil, or, or Phil Rivers? Carson Wentz. He's playing on two bad ankles, it's two sprained ankles. Because what else does Carson Wentz it's kind get? of the funny? Like one one sprained ankles, like that sucks. Two sprained ankles is funny.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Colts are <laughs> a good team. These are like two good teams that just can't find it at quarterback. Obviously, to is hurt. I'm I'm going to take Colts plus two.
3: Danny. Why Cam Noon is not in Miami right now is beyond me. That's just my talking point there. Uh Colts, uh what what, what were they again? Plus two? My uh yeah, plus two. Give me yeah. the Colts. They're gonna Carson Wentz gonna they're gonna get their first win down in Indy or up in Indy. No, yeah.
2: The Colts are gonna go 0 4. Jacoby Brissett is going to grind out a game. The Dolphins, I think, just have a better roster than the Colts anyways. I'm going Dolphins minus <clears> two. <throat> Ravens at Broncos. Broncos are a one point favorite at home. you know Broncos have or Ravens you know have had every game has been very tight for the Ravens you know last second type games I mean the Raiders overtime the the Lions a 66 yard field goal and then the Chiefs winning that game you know we all watched that on Sunday Night Football listeners are going Ravens plus one Justin who you have in this one
1: you know I feel like every single pick that I've had so far has been plus so I'm gonna go Broncos minus one they're home altitude's different this may be a wild game broncos minus one they kind of show out and they have a good statement game
2: i got the ravens plus one they you know uh, i've been following um joe rolls since you know we interviewed him on the show and he's actually you know we interview a lot of people but it's like some are good follows for their team and some aren't joe rolls is a really good one so i'm like up to date on broncos country their O-line's banged up, and that Ravens D is going to blitz the crap out of Teddy Bridgewater, and they're going to get there, unlike the Giants got there. Um, so I'm going Ravens plus one. Danny.
3: I have a history with Ravens. I won't dive into that story now. That's a story for a different day. You do? I hate yeah. this I hate this line. It's absolutely horrendous. I absolutely hate that. It's only one. Give me the Broncos. Five Give me my board. Like, I don't like this line. Ooh, I'm a game I a don't answer. like that. I, I, I what is love this line? Where'd you this get week? this?
2: I got this at uh, two and a half. <laughs>
3: Boy, this is absolute crap. Like unbelievable. I'm a gambling expert. I'm like Stu Feiner out of here. Uh, giving the Broncos minus one. The boy Pat Shermer gets it done.
2: Better off. Sunday corner. night football. A very emotional game. Like, this might be the most watched Sunday night football game ever. We got the Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks going home to New England, the Patriots. Bucks are a seven point favorite. Listeners are going Patriots plus seven. Danny.
3: Tom Brady's sick apparently, which is something very interesting that I've learned. He's apparently has a cold. I, I had a cold on uh on Monday. I'm gonna have to take the box. The Patriots. I mean, the Buccaneers are just so good. I mean, it's gonna be an emotional game. That commercial something that football had perfection. Bravo you need to Tom. watch it. I'm gonna watch it right after this. I didn't see it. Uh, it was it was like the Adele hello. It was great. Uh, uh box plus seven. Uh, Mine minus seven. They're just a better team. They're gonna embarrass Mac Jones out there. Justin, Tom Brady's pissed.
1: And this is why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, because he has this silly, stupid mentality that he's somehow an underdog. But hey, that's why he's great. That's why he's won so many games. Because even though he's not an underdog, he still feels like he has he feels like he has something to prove. Bucks minus seven.
2: You know who else has something to prove? Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. People are forgetting that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And he's pissed off too. You don't think he's pissed off? He had to watch Tom Brady win a Super Bowl last year. Not only are the Patriots going to cover, they're going to win this game. I'm excited for this game. I am am rooting hard for Bill Belichick and the Patriots in this game. I want to see him win. I want to see that Bill Belichick smile. I really do. Nothing makes me happier in the football world than a Bill Belichick
1: smile. I live for this type of stuff. I got the Patriots. Danny, can you do a quick impersonation of a Bill Belichick smile? Say something and then do the impersonation.
3: Uh, I'm really excited to play Tom Brady this week. <laughs> Beautiful. No, the the Bill inside. Belichick
2: smiles like, it goes like this. Like, I can't do it. All right. Um, score prediction for Giants-Saints, Danny.
3: Uh, the Giants absolutely – I'm going to take off the glasses. Giants absolutely annoyed me. <laughs> I drove six hours. I didn't drive, so I took a ball. I six-hour drive to go watch this team on Sunday. On Eli Manning Day, absolutely crafted bad. John Merritt got booed profusely, which was absolute – brought joy to me. I lost my voice because I also booted along with him. He ruined the ceremony by opening his mouth, but he threw a trash can. John's a bad team. They're a bad team. They're own free. Again, I think the Saints is their first game back in that dome. So it's going to be emotional. I think the Saints are going to get it done. The Giants are going to go to 0-4. They're going to lose. They're going to lose probably by, like, 10. Or if not I say that, they're probably going to lose by, like, 1 because they could never they could either lose, a, like, a spectacular or they lose in close games. That's all it is. The Giants are a bad team. They're a bad team. They're embarrassing. Off the coordinators terrible. Defense play a little better. They're, they're nothing. They're nothing. This is my little pet. Like, this is me standing on, like, my soapbox right now and, like, proclaiming my anger because I haven't been able to do this recently. Giants are a bad team. Saints will win. Because uh, we're a joke of a franchise now. Let's go. Justin. Did you give a score, I Danny? Like this energy. Uh, like this energy. 28-14. 32-18, Giants lose.
1: I'm sucked back in. I'm sucked back
2: in. These are the type of games the Giants win. I don't have any faith in Jameis. patrick graham wins us back this week giant 77 Saints zero we appreciate you guys we will see you on monday for a victory podcast it will happen believe it and it will happen we appreciate you guys we'll see you then enjoy your weekend but until then let's go big blue